Father, we thank you that you have given us your word, and we thank you that through it we can know you more, and we can come to trust in you more. Father, I pray that it would go into our hearts and into our heads. Uh, you would give me the words to say, and that we would, through this, we would all come to rejoice and trust and remember you all the more. Amen. When I was 16, I did one of my GCSEs, was in history, and on the wall in the history classroom was a poster, and the poster said, those who don't learn the lessons of history are condemned to repeat them. That was my inspirational poster on the wall of my history class. Those who don't learn the lessons from history are condemned to repeat them. The idea that if you don't look at what happened in the past, you'll just end up making the same mistakes they, they did again and again and again. And today on Remembrance Day, there's an element of that as part of our remembrance. We remember with, with thankfulness and gratitude those people who laid down their life to protect us. But we also look back at the events that occurred in order that we, we, those don't happen again. So you actually, we see how that happened. We see how those wars came about, and we want to do things to prevent them happening again, to not repeat those same mistakes. The idea of looking back and remembering what's happened. Um, Deuteronomy, uh, we just read, or Lindsay read to us, has this whole theme of remembering going all throughout the entire book. Um, Deuteronomy is this book that takes place at the end of God's people doing this amazing journey across this wasteland, even more amazing than our space rangers we heard about earlier on. Um, Deuteronomy um, is this book where he, it's, it's Moses telling all God's people, remember what God has done for you. So God's people were at this time, or before this time, slaves under this vicious, cruel, dictator, Satan-like figure called Pharaoh, who hated God's people and, and quite happily sacrificed them regularly in order to get his building projects done. He's happy if they just die on a par, as long as I build my stuff, I'm fine with that too. Um, sadly, that kind of thing still happens to this day. People will go, as long as I get my stuff, I don't care if they die. But Pharaoh was like that. He's like, as long as I sacrifice these people, I don't care what happens to them, I just want my stuff. And God heard the cries of his people and said, I will accomplish the most amazing rescue that you've ever seen. And so actually, if you're in a Sunday group, if you're a child, that's what you're starting to look at this term, is those stories of God's rescue in the Exodus, of how he sent the plagues upon the land of the Egyptians so that Pharaoh would let God's people go. Um, if you're a child, they don't remember any of those plagues, what they were. Name a plague. Jacob, name a plague. Frogs. Great plague. Thomas. Darkness covering the land. One plague, one plague. Phoebe. Sorry? Flies. Is that flies? We'll go with flies. Great, yeah. So he sends these plagues upon the land um, in order that Pharaoh would let his people go. And eventually he, God forces um, Pharaoh through these plagues to come on to let his people go. And, and his people then head out into this desert. And all the way, God looks after them. Deserts are not places that you can normally live safely, right? You can kind of do like a, a week's hardcore expedition in the desert with your stuff that you brought with you. But you cannot, like a whole country of people cannot survive there. And yet, God faithfully provides. He, he brings them through these um, waters of the Red Sea. They panic at the front of it, and yet God separates the waters and brings them through. They're hungry in the desert, and yet he sends down this manna, this bread out of heaven so they can live off it and so they'll learn to trust in God. All their clothes they have on them don't wear out. They stay with them the entire time. When they encounter these vicious enemies out to kill them, they find that if they pray to God, they'll overcome it. They'll overcome the enemies and defeat them. You know, when, when they're, they're desperate for water, God makes water appear in the desert for them. Even when they're bored of their bread, he gives them um, fresh meat. Birds will land there and they can eat them instead. Um, when all these things happen to them, he provides all the way. And he says, it's like a classroom. I'm trying to teach you repeatedly that you just have to trust in me and I'll provide. 
Every time you panic and worry, you haven't yet learned that lesson. You just have to trust in me and I'll provide for you. And so he's saying, remember all the things I have done for you. Remember how I rescued you out of Egypt. Remember how I did these things. And what's funny is God's people get to the end of the desert after 40 years of traveling, and they panic. They're like, oh no, how are we going to do this? How are we going to get into the land? And God's like, do you not remember everything I have done for you? Do you think that anything is too hard for me? Anything too impossible? Do you think I can't rescue you from this? And so this is why Moses is preaching. In verse 2 in chapter 8, he says, Remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the desert, in the wilderness. And in verse 18, Remember the Lord your God, for it's he who gives you the ability to produce wealth, and so confirms it. And he also says the opposite of remember. He says, do not forget. Don't forget everything God's done for you. Don't forget what he's done. And there are two problems if they don't remember and forget. The first problem is they'll panic. They'll spend entire lives worrying. How will God look after us? How will it happen? How will we care? And he's like, well, look, he's looked after you all this way. He'll keep doing that. Don't worry. The other problem they will have is that if you forget about God, you'll boast in your own works. You'll say, look, haven't we accomplished this great thing? In that story I told you earlier, wasn't it ridiculous that those space rangers arrived back in their spaceship and were like, oh, look at all these great things we've done? Like, no, you haven't done anything. That'd be ridiculous. That's stupid. Like, it was all the entire time you were provided for by God and looked after and cared for. Don't trust in yourself, because then you'll think you can do it on your own, and then you realize you can't do it, and then you'll panic again. Remember that God has done all these things for you. It was ridiculous for these God's people here at this time to believe, even remotely, they did anything for themselves. Now, we'd never make the same mistake, right? We would never boast about this and go, oh, I wouldn't do that. And yet we find that we do exactly the same thing. We somehow um, forget all that God has done for us. We fail to remember everything he's done. We can't go, oh, it's all about, I'll have to do things on my own, or I'm, I'm, it's my own strength I've done things. We forget all the good things that God has done for us, and we start to panic and worry. Maybe God won't look after us. Um, in the morning sermons, we've been going through Romans chapter, um, well, all of Romans, but last week we got up to Romans chapter 5. And it has this great line there, and Paul's writing, and he says, you see, just at the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. We forget that. We forget that while we were sinners, while we were enemies of God, while we didn't like him, we didn't care for him, we had no thoughts about him whatsoever other than anger and grumpiness and whatever, while we thought God was a horrible person, well, all that happened, yet he loved us and sent us to die for us and care for us. Paul goes on to write on this. He says, since we've now been rescued, been justified by Jesus, by his blood, how much more shall we save from God's wrath through him? For if we were, while we were enemies with God, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? I'll say that again. Um, he says, if while we were enemies with God, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? He's saying, look, when you were God's enemies, he looked after you and cared for you, right? When you were against him and opposed him and didn't love him, he still was for you and rescued you. Now you're rescued by him and his friends. Isn't he going to love you and keep loving you? It's, like when he was, it's not like when he was your enemy, he loved you, and now you're his friend, he hates you. No, when he was your enemy, he loved you, and he keeps loving you now. Remember what God has done. And that command is still true for us now. We need to remember all the good things God has done. Both in our lives, we look back and think how he's looked after us and provided for us and cared for us. We look back at the things he's accomplished and go, actually, no, God has been faithful to me. Even when I've wandered off and done random stupid things, 
God has still cared for me and loved me. But also he looked back to all he's accomplished on the cross and all God's done in history to rescue a people. He sent his son Jesus to die for us, to save us, to pay for our sins, to deal with that. That's how we know that God loves us. We must remember these things. Now, here is one of the ways the Old Testament people were told to remember this stuff. They weren't just told to remember it arbitrarily. They were given ways of remembering it. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, just before then, it says, um, tell these things to your children, and then it says, talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk down the streets, and when you get in a car. It's not in Deuteronomy, they didn't have cars then, but you know what I mean. When you lie down and when you get up, it says, tie them as a symbol on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on your door frames, your houses, and on your gates. It's like, write the good things God has done and the things he's telling you to do all around your house so you remember them. Don't do this if it's rented property or lose your deposit. But if it's not, you can like, you know, put posts on your walls or put um, post-it notes on your mirror or whatever that is. You can literally write it on your door frames. So when you walk home, you go, oh yeah, the Lord has done good things. We're really forgetful people. I, I mean that as someone who loses his keys regularly, but I, I mean that also which we forget who God is and what he's done for us. We're constantly forgetting the gospel, and we have to remind ourselves of it. One reason we come to church every Sunday is because it's that weekly reminder to like, realign ourselves. Um, our car at MOT last week, it failed, but don't worry, it's because it had no um, wiper fluid in because it ran out that morning, which now has failed, but it was fine other than that. But one of the things they have to check in your MOT is if the wheels line up straight, because if they don't, that's a problem. And in a sense, church, and they, so they can, they can realign them so you, your car drives safely. In the same way, church is like that. It like realigns yourself to go, okay, this is, this is how the world works. This is how good God is. This is what I have to do. Great, I've got that lined up for the rest of the week. And every week you need that kind of like realigning. But also day by day, there's a sense in which we hear God's word speak to us. We read it to ourselves. We read it to each other. We pray together in the morning. We read our Bibles. We listen to it in the car. Whatever that is, it's that constant remembering of who God is, of thanking him. Maybe there is a way for you at home to do something like that, to kind of write on your, whatever your doorposts are, like who, what God has done for us, how we can thank God for these things. Maybe it's like it is the post-it note on your mirror, so when you're looking in the mirror in the morning, you can remind yourself of what God has done. Or, or, or maybe it's somewhere else you will see it. It's on the coffee pot in the morning, if that's a better, more appropriate place, on the cupboard where you open to get your tea out. Wherever that is, to remind yourself, God is good to us. He has done great things to us. He's rescued us through Jesus. It's really easy. When we thought about those space rangers, I know it's a ridiculous story, but you could see really obviously how stupidly ridiculous it was that they would think somehow they, they had to do it all themselves, and then when it had happened, that it was all their salvation. We knew it was stupid. It was all a big spaceship rescuing them. In the same way, it's easy to look at the Israelites and go, how crazy is it that they think they did it themselves? But it's the same for us. How crazy is it that we think it's ourselves that need to do it? We just trust in God, we listen to him, we know what he says to us, and we try and remember those things. So here's one thing to do, and then we're going to help, we're going to do a prayer activity to help us with that. But one thing to think about is, is there somewhere this week that you can put something up to remind ourselves about how good God is? If you're a child here, you have permission from me to tell your parents you're going to put it here in the house, and the parents will have to say, okay, that's fine, that's okay. We can come back to you on that. But, um, but the idea is you can put something up there and say, this is how we're going to remember. God is good. And he loves us, and he sent his son Jesus to die for us, to rescue us. If we were rescued while he was our enemies, how much more now has he rescued us and will love us and continue to care for us? Amen.